Welcome back to the Daily Wildcat Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Walk here alongside Jordan Pollock. Uh, and Jordan, we had a fantastic um, last week of football. It really wasn't an overall great slate, but Georgia Alabama was really good. But Jordan, I wanted to start off uh, with some Arizona news. Stanley Berryhill, Arizona's probably best player i think we could agree on that mm-hmm. uh declared for the nfl draft i believe he had one year of eligibility left uh w- what do you think about that decision i think it's smart i th- i don't th- i don't think the wide receiver department's going to be huge and it's not there's not a ton of great wide receivers it's not a super big depth in this class for the nfl draft well no well, no there's there's not a lot of t- there's not a lot of stars but there's guy there's it, it's kind of deep it's well. It's not like star studded at the top, like that, it was yeah. in the last in last year's draft mainly. But like, he he's not he's not a kind of guy I don't think's gonna get put off to like the very late rounds and maybe be undrafted. I think he'll be right in the middle. He could. He's most likely an early day three pick. I, I have I have through, him around the fifth to sixth round pick. Yeah, guy. but but you know a lot of these guys I, off the top of my head I can't remember, but. Like a you know a slot guy like Cooper Cup, I forget where he got picked, but he was not in the top two rounds. I don't, or maybe he was, he was the a second, second round. Maybe he was yeah. the second round. But you know, there's smaller guys, or there's there's guys from smaller schools. Arizona's not a small school, but <laughs> yeah. not not very good, <laughs> not very good as we know that make it out. And I, I think he could work very well in the NFL. You know, as a slot guy, he has great hands. Uh, he runs nice routes. I, I think he could have a decent NFL career if he lands in the right spot, which we know that that that's all it's about. Yeah, yeah, I think I think putting him in the slot I think is probably the best place where he's where he's gonna be able to be utilized. He he has speed but he's not gonna kill you and beat you over the top like like a lot of like elite wide receivers will. Um but he can play outside a little bit. He's not super big. I think he's just a little he's right around six foot. He's got athleticism, he's a he's great after the catch, he can make guys miss. Um He's kind of like a prototypical wide receiver, I would say, nowadays that's in the NFL. Like we've had, you've seen over the last 15, 20 years in the NFL, we had an era of of these huge athletic yeah, freaks that yeah. are just going to go up and get the ball. The Calvin Johnsons, the Randy Mosses, the the Julio Jones, and then and then right at the, I would say like the middle of like Julio Jones's era, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown came on the scene, and then it's. Oh, we want guys that are right around Stanley Barry Hills high about Kill. six six feet. We want him to be quick as heck and we want him to be able to run a full route tree. And that was Antonio Brown. Tyreek Hill, he's probably more of a speed demon. Um he's kind of in his own niche, but but I put Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham when he was on, on his later later years in New York. Um I think Devontae Adams is kind of in that league as uh, well. I disagree. Cooper Cup is in that league. I disagree with. That. I think Adams is one of the most skilled receivers. I know, but at the position in I, probably the last two decades. Yeah, but but just hear me out. Like what I mean is like they're not they're not excelling at one thing and they're not dominating in one specific way. To where the Calvin Johnsons and those guys, they're gonna beat you down the field. They're gonna have jump balls basically all game. Yeah, I think to where, I, to where yeah. those guys that I mentioned, like they were in a full route tree and they can catch the ball anywhere on the field, whether that's a fade route and he's beating a corner, whether that's a quick slant, whether that's a quick out or just a quick screen and they're beating the corner and going off to the second yeah, level. I think, I think that's, yeah, guys like Devontae Adams, 
Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Those guys are elite route runners, and that's where they excel. They're not necessarily – they're all fast, you know, obviously, but they're not – But like, they're not oh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they're not elite. Yeah, they're they, not they the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. um, as we know, Barry Hill isn't very tall. So, yeah, he does fit that category. So, yeah, I think – it's uh, I I didn't think he was gonna come back. I either thought that he would go I to the, he, would either, yeah. he would go to the NFL or maybe go somewhere else. I think it's time for him. And same thing with Pandy. Pandy, he he won't return. He is he's out of eligibility uh, among a few other guys. But those are the t- main two players. And I think I just wanted to ask you, Jordan. I think that Arizona they're gonna struggle more than I think the coaches and people want to kind of talk about losing just those two guys you know because those two guys were the leaders on both the offense and defense Barry Hill stepped up this year but Pandy the last three years pretty much he was the leader of that defense Mm -hmm. kept them uh, motivated and to play when we didn't know what was going to happen and there were some dark times and they got him through it but how do you think they're going to move past and you know maybe struggle a little bit but how do you think they'll get back on track after losing these two yeah specifically with pandy i think more so the last two years i know colin schooler left i believe at the end or right at right before 2020 season started he yeah went because the pac-12 wasn't going to play so pandy's kind of been the anchor over the last two defenses or two two seasons under the defense and so and so with that like that's a lot of games that's a lot of experience and and like you said that's a lot of leadership um, but I think, I think specifically with, with Barry Hill, like it was a smart decision for him because he had, he had a really great year. And I think I, I would even argue they didn't use him as much as they should have in, in some moments There's some games where he had like eight catches and he just like, he still had, I, I think it was a Colorado game. He had like eight catches for like 40 some yards and they just couldn't get him down the field much at all. And so there are times like that to where you just like need to try to get those kind of guys like in the game plan more i think he was used obviously in such a poor season and a season that didn't see many positives every game i feel like i kept saying to myself barry hill could be a star barry hill uh and just keep saying his name like future or like like he could be he could be a lot more dominant than he 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 is good but also just just realizing in the moment how dominant he was and how great he was and reliable um because he called so many balls he finished the year with 83 catches uh for 744 yards he only had one touchdown He, he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns um only nine throughout his four years at arizona but you know, from from a season, a twenty twenty season it was a shortened year. But he only had twenty three catches, uh, two hundred and twenty seven yards. And then the year before that, twenty nineteen, it's the last full year. He only had nineteen catches for two hundred eighty nine yards. So I mean, the the improvement and development of Stanley Berryhill yeah. is just one of the best stories of this program in probably the last decade or so. He was a walk on, um, and he had a fight to even get a spot on the team. And then to end his career at Arizona with a new coaching staff, his third coaching staff, I believe, um, and, you know, make it out and be a bigger name than he was coming in. I think that's really great for him. And just for any other talented, you know, position player that good things can come through losing, you know, because it is a team sport and it's tough to win, as we realized this year. 
But I think Barry Hill, uh, I think he had a great year, and it's going to be hard to replace him. But there's yeah, there's just, talent though. There's 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 talent on their roster. I mean, yeah, I we've said from the beginning of the season there was a lot of talent, and if you want to say he wasn't used well, which you could argue that, uh, I'll give you that. But there was a ton of other guys that were used very poorly. True. I said all year that Jamari Joyner, his talent was just mm-hmm. not being used. And I think, I'll say it right now, even the season's over, uh, it doesn't matter. I still think Jamari Joyner is one of the most talented players on the roster and on the offense. And I, I think it was. I uh, think it showed when they put him at quarterback and they wanted him to have the ball. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I think it was when we were at the USC game. It was. I think it might have been the first drive when he threw that 60-yard yeah. touchdown. It's like right away he just makes an impact. Those type of guys need to be on the field more. And it's just a shame because coming into this year, he was still the top guy. People forget that, too. After last year, uh, he got hurt in the offseason, and then he was inactive for the first few weeks and then, you know, kind of fell behind, you know, the first few receivers on the depth chart. But it also, you know, some players, when there's a new coaching staff, everything that gets promised, because you, you remember, a lot of these guys went into the transfer portal and then they came back, a lot of these receivers – so and they all get promised stuff here and there, and it, they, it all can't come true, you know. So mm-hmm. he was the one that was left out, and it's just a shame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think he'll be. I I agree with you. I think he'll be maybe early fifth round, maybe mid sixth round pick. I think a team will take a chance on him with a later round pick. Um, he's got tools. He's got athleticism. He's got good hands. He never really had a draw problem. Um, he'll be interesting. Anthony Pandy, um, he's got some speed. Uh, he's got some size. I know right now the biggest thing that people want in the NFL out of their linebackers is guys that can meet meet running backs and fullbacks in the hole and guys that can run to the run from sideline to sideline. So I, I, I would be surprised if he was given a shot. I, I doubt he gets drafted. Yeah, I doubt he gets drafted um, too. But, but yeah, I, I, I bet he'll, give, he'll be given a shot and with some teams for some undrafted free agent signings and, and – able to get on in some training camps to see if he can do anything outside of that yeah i definitely think he'll get a shot but moving on jordan uh arizona as we know don brown left arizona after one year hmm. uh to return home and take the umass coaching job head coaching job first head coaching job um uh, after being in dc for a lot of years it was uh it's good for him uh i would kind of question the move but the guy that that is here now to replace him as Jed Fish uh, got a new defensive coordinator, his name is Johnny Nansen. Uh, he's the new defensive coordinator for Arizona. Mm-hmm. He last was in UCLA for two years as the defensive line coach. Before that, he was at USC for quite a few years, about five years. He did a lot of different things there. He coached he was the with Coach back. Sharkeesian. Yeah, he came from that staff, and he was at Washington right before where Coach Sharkeesian yeah, he left had- from Washington to go to USC. So. He- yeah, he actually coached, you know, some offense too at USC mm-hmm. while being uh while coaching uh inside linebackers um and working on the defensive side of the ball. But what do you think about this overall hire? What what are your thoughts? Um I like the hire. I didn't really know who he was. Um also check out on our website. Um sports reporter Jake Fagus has written a little little bit of little uh, article about the hiring of Johnny Nansen and a little bit of his background and where he's from. Um, so check that out on our site, uh, Um, but I love the hire. Um, I don't really know anything 
really about him and his history. Like he's he won 2017 Pac-12 Recruiter of the Year. That's invaluable in a time of well in college sports in general. Like recruiting's the name of the game. If you can't recruit players, then you're not going to be good because coaches can't go on the field and play. So the better players you have, the better team you're going to have. The better team you're going to have, the more wins you're going to get. And that's what U of A is scratching and clinching for. And I think that's the biggest reason. Even during the press conference where he came out, Jed Fish was with him and and Johnny Nan or yeah, Jed Fish and Johnny Nansen were both there and that was that was a big thing that Fish really harped on was getting recruits and getting getting great players to come in and the one thing Nansen said load that, up their roster. that I agree with is I told you at the press conference, he said because uh, somebody brought up that he won uh recruiter of the year a few years ago at USC. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like somebody said, How hard do you think it'll be to bring that you know, recruiting mindset and and uh, do that at Arizona. And he said it, it should be the same. I, I don't see a difference between recruiting at USC and Arizona. And I, I kind of took, I kind of laughed at that because we all know that's they're not even close when you're recruiting. Yeah, it takes but, you back definitely. But um, um I, yeah, I, I like you. I didn't know much about him when they hired him, but I wasn't expecting much and wasn't expecting to get a top guy don brown i still i think that was crazy that they got him to arizona and jed fish brought him for year one which is pretty huge for the culture and i wish he stayed for a few more years it would have been great to build this program up even more but you know opportunities come up and he took one but yeah johnny nansen they said they want to run kind of a seattle type defense yeah i thought that was interesting i was listening to a little bit of the press conference and it was almost like he didn't directly take really any jabs at like talking about Jetfish did not take any direct like jabs or or anything it seemed like directly at Don Brown but I thought it was interesting he was talking about the hiring of Johnny Nansen and wanting to get the defense into more of a pro style setting nowadays with more like single high and and two drop back safeties and like less just like blitzing every other play I yeah, thought that, that was I thought that was interesting. It wasn't a direct shot, but it kind of seemed like one. Yeah, to and me. as you bring that up, it, it gets back to the point of you're trying to build the program, and yeah, there's a lot of older players that are leaving this year and in the next year. But yeah. when you're trying to build the program, you're bringing a guy like Don Brown in that likes to blitz a lot and bring mm-hmm. and and send pressure. And then you know, I know it wasn't Jed Fish's idea for him to leave after one year, obviously. Yeah. But then you're bringing somebody with kind of a different style, and it just you know, when you're building a program, you need everyone to be on the same page. I know he when he talked to, to Don Brown, he expected him probably. I would guarantee that that Jed Fish expected Don Brown to be here for more than one year. I could pretty much mm-hmm. say that that he thought that. But you know, I, I just don't. It's just weird because the defense was. I thought the defense was overall good, uh, considering all the circumstances involved throughout the season. They had two games, I believe, they gave up over 35 points. But besides that, they they kept it pretty close, and the offense was were the ones that couldn't you know come through. Yeah, they were able to lean on their defense a lot more than they were able to lean on their offense. Like, you look at their only win, um, which was against Cal. What was the final score? 10-3? Yeah. <laughs> three, giving, giving up only three points to anybody, even though that whole team was missing – lots of players due to um covid is still insane yeah i'm not um, saying johnny nansen can't build this up and maybe if he's here a few years 
For but sure. I'm saying right away the, the the immediate impact. I think it's a it's a decline, and I think that the defense might is going to take a step back. It's not just because yeah. of Nansen. As we said, they've, they're losing some talent there. That's a big problem. But also, Don Brown was recruiting players, and now he leaves, and now they got to get more guys. They convince guys to stay that they've recruited. It, the whole thing is just it, it's a mess, and it. Maybe another thought I just thought of, Jordan, is that you know Jed Fish has been selling the fans, the and the community on you know the whole the whole you know program. It's personal and all the sayings. Try to get people to buy in. Maybe maybe Don Brown was just sick of it. Maybe Don <laughs> Brown, maybe he expected more in in the first year. I'm not saying expecting five wins, but. Maybe more than one win. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but to get yeah. your to get your top assistant to leave after one year, we don't know how much that's on Jed Fish, but it has to a little bit be on Jed Fish, you know? Because how does that look on Jed Fish's part if his top guy that he got that coached at Michigan, you know, leaves after after one year? Yeah, I'll I'll make one more comment about Nansen before I kind of jump into that. Is is the only thing that a little scares me a little bit about Nansen is that he's never called defensive plays before. Um, I know you've been a huge critique about Jed Fish's ability calling plays this year. Now we have, now we have another one. We have another one. Now we have another guy that's never called plays before. So it's 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 a thing to to question right now, and it's a thing to look at going forward. Like we, one guy that's called plays for only 10, 11, 12 games in his career, and one guy that's never called a play before. Um, so I think that's something interesting to look at. To the point about him leaving i think the biggest thing that we've been seeing we've been shown in the last two weeks of college football is this is a business and that goes from pretty much all the coaching levels and i know now we have college athletes able to make money off their name image and likeness which i think is great and it points to the direction of college athletics is now to a point where they aren't so much just amateurs this is a business and it is a business when Players can now finally able to make money and the coaches are leaving for money. Like it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. And, and I don't think we're talking about it enough. Yes. People can do stupid things. People can be sus as hell. I know everything around the Brian Kelly thing was really weird. He, he walked into his team meeting and met with them for two minutes, two minutes. Other sources said it was 11 minutes, but still, how can you talk to a team a program that you've been in charge for for 10 plus years say say stuff for 11 minutes and then hop on a plane and go south and and he said he said he said i you know most coaches say like oh we'll take any questions whatever talk after he said he he emphasized like the saying that he was not taking exactly any, and there's he and there's thing after and it right shows and it shows because how many of his assistants from Notre Dame are following him to LSU none none if any and and I think it just shows it's a business nowadays. So so you're very right. Jed Fish, I'm sure, did expect Don Brown to be there for more than a year. But then again, this is a business. But what if, I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is I get it's a business. But also, when guys like like Lincoln Riley, when guys like whoever Brian Kelly decides, I don't think his staff's finalized yet. Guys like that, they stay for a few years. All I'm saying is, obviously. It, not the tight the coaches you can't compare you can't compare them because obviously Jed Fish isn't near any of those guys but you know the coaching staff has to believe the head coach you know and it has to buy in that 
for at least a few years, everyone in the group is going to give it a shot. Because if everyone's not all in, like a guy like Don Brown leaves, you got to get a new guy, a new system, new recruits. It, it just it backs it up because Arizona was trying to progress this year, and, and I think they took a step back, actually. How about that? Again, again I, I, I don't love the comparisons because Don Brown is leaving to be a head coach. You know, if, if it was, if, okay. So if Don Brown was leaving Arizona to go be the defensive coordinator of say Ohio state, then I would completely agree with you. Oh, he's leaving because he just doesn't like the space and he, and he doesn't agree with things. That, yeah. But yeah, but, but Ohio state's it, one of the top jobs in the country. Uh, but it's still, but it's not going up like it. It, it is going up. Ohio State and Arizona? Are you kidding me? But but look at Dude, the pay, you know though. Better than that. But the pay is not going to be the same, though. That's what yeah, I'm it'll saying. It'll be way better. Than being a head coach at UMass? No, no, no. I thought you were comparing Ohio State and Arizona. Coach, you said they were the same. No, sorry. Being, being sorry, a, sorry, 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 sorry. What I'm saying is him, him going, leaving to go somewhere else. Okay, probably Ohio State was not the correct place. Say he leaves... Or Arizona for old, for Mississippi State to be their defensive coordinator. That's still a better. That's still a better defensive coordinator job than Arizona. But but that that spotlights on. Oh, he's just trying to get out of here. Basically, does that make sense? As opposed to him clearly making a step up and being a head coach and and getting a different pay and being closer to family. Like we talked about Don Brown a little bit last week. Like that was prob- most likely because he's been at UMass before, so it's familiar. Yeah, I'm not saying him taking. Obviously, if a head coaching job comes up, especially on a season where you won one game, I mean, anyone on this staff's lucky to even get an interview for a head coaching job. That's what let I'm alone saying. getting one. But, but I don't. It, I don't. I. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it shows that he he hated Jed Fish or not hated Jed Fish, but he disagreed with Jed Fish and was tired of. But I, I all still the think it shows. I, stuff. I I I still think it shows a little bit because let's be real, UMass isn't a top job. He probably could have got. He probably could have got a similar coaching head coaching job or at least close a year ago before he joined Arizona. Because let's be real, he didn't show like UMass wasn't looking at Arizona this year. It's like, oh, we need whoever's running that defense. We we, we need that guy. Well, like, no, I, but, I said, but I he said has were, ties. He has ties there. No, yeah, I know. But I'm saying he maybe could have did that before. But I'm just saying when you're going to a rebuild, that's why I brought this up over a year ago when they hired Don Brown and said he was he might have been too old for the job because they're trying to rebuild and he might not have patience for that. And it's not it's no one's it's not his fault. But you know he's aging. He's getting in it yeah. was upper sixties, and that's not a guy to that me. Could, that could be a bigger point to it than yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. He probably came in thinking, you know what, seventy's not that bad. I can. I can help uh, restart a program and help make guys want to rally to the but football the ver- and blitz ver- every play. And then he goes through a whole year and he's like, actually, I'm a lot older and one win isn't very great. Yeah, l- l- like how long even – even because most guys don't coach over 70. So it's like at the very most uh, – Pete Carroll would disagree with that. <laughs> how old is he actually? I always thought he was younger than he actually – No, but he's, I know. he's the oldest coach in, in pro football. <laughs> yeah, I know he's really old, but he, he doesn't look it for the longest – He's 70. <laughs> for the longest time, I thought he was like 50s. No, like a few 70. years ago. Yeah, I knew that. I knew he was around there. But you know what I'm saying? A lot of guys don't get to that. So it's just – Bill Belichick's I 69. Think, He'll be 70 I in think April. That, I think that – 
Jed Fish might have had some false hope and might have tried to lure him when it, a long-term fit might have not been a possibility. And he was just like, oh, I'll come for a year, and then we'll figure it out, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you. You know, I just wanted to get him in the building type of deal because he's a I big don't, I don't remember them quoting. I don't remember any quotes, though, that's like, oh, we're putting a staff together that's that's going to be together for 10 years. I mean, Jed Fish did say at the beginning of last year when he got hired that they are, that, he, that, that this is the – the staff, they want to help build this program and take it forward. He 100% said that. He did. He did. Is there any final thoughts? Because I don't want to run too long because we, we still have to get to the most important uh, college football True. of the last week. True. And I think that that's, that's a good segue. All right, Football's so, a business. Lots of head coaching changes. Yeah, and let's get into the biggest game of the entire year. It was this past Saturday mm-hmm. in the SEC Championship Uh in Georgia, uh, it was in Atlanta. Actually, it Jordan. was number one Georgia versus number three Alabama. Um, uh, Alabama just did what they normally do. They blew out Georgia forty-one to twenty-four. It wasn't that close. Georgia was, um, I believe, about around the touchdown favorite around that mark when the game ended. But Bryce Young just looked incredible. Four hundred and twenty yards, three touchdowns. And, you know, Jamison Williams, that guy is an absolute stud. Seven catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Um, what did you see from this game, Jordan? Yeah, it's, it was a matchup nightmare for Georgia, that's for sure. Um, I think one thing that kind of blows my mind, even just right now looking at the box score, is to think that in an SEC football game, there was almost 100 pass attempts. That's insane <laughs> to think 10 years ago that that would be possible in the SEC is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, uh, I and uh, I and 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 it's kind of concerning honestly because that's that's obviously not Georgia's recipe to win, but what if Alabama, what if Cincinnati is able to able to play some good defense on the back end against Alabama and they have to run the ball we'll get into that in a little bit but um Um, but that that was the biggest thing that's a lot of pass attempts for that game it was a high scoring game I didn't expect it to be that high scoring um I I, I was surprised Georgia didn't throw in their other quarterback JT Daniels yeah JT Daniels because they've kind of been doing that funky thing at least their first few games they're doing that I don't think they've done that really late. I think Stetson's been their guy lately. I, I think he, I think he looked absolutely horrible in that game. <laughs> he made, he just made some decisions this late in the year. A team that everybody thought was the clear cut number one team in the country, a quarterback of a team like that doesn't make those mistakes. He made, he, I mean, yeah, like he had two picks. The one was inside the twenty, uh, I believe, of Al- or yeah, when they were near the red zone, uh, and that was basically the game. I thought after that one. It was an absolute um, – it was just domination. Kirby Smart still can't solve Nick Saban in Alabama. And, I mean, most of, uh, if not all of Saban's former assistant coaches, they can't solve him. He's the best ever. And, um, yes. yeah, I I thought it was just crazy Alabama was that big of an underdog because I still I, – I predicted this uh, weeks ago. I thought Alabama, when it mattered, would come up clutch and you know finish the job and prove that they're still the best in the best conference in football yeah i mean i just can't i just can't stress enough just how mind-boggling it is that like 
10, 12 years ago, like we were watching an Alabama dominant dominancy led by like AJ McCarron. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and like AJ McCarron like is barely on the practice squad in the NFL right now. I couldn't have. Uh, and like he's probably on. Well, he was last on the Raiders, right? I, I, I thought it was the Bengals, but it might be the Raiders. I, but anyway, I, I can't have. So I think that like last year, like what Mac Jones did, like he had a great year. Um, wasn't super close to a Heisman because he was giving the ball to the Heisman winner. Devontae Smith, um, but Bryce Young's most likely going to win the Heisman. I don't know if I really uh, agree with that. I, I would put that at 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, know. I I don't think, it's, think it's close. I think it's pretty likely. I, I, It's it's a down year, I think, for Heisman's. It, it is. Uh, I, um, I, I totally agree with that, but I think he has, when it mattered in the last two weeks against Auburn, when true. it mattered, he, he turned the team around and got them going late in that game. They won in, He's got uh, what, Five overtimes against Auburn. Uh, the new overtime rules are, so, yeah, are different, like it so it makes it makes it makes it look a little different than yeah, what it he, used to be. Yeah, but he beat them in multiple overtimes, and then this game at Jordan O'Hare, yeah, you know, and in, then the S, in the SEC championship, I think he's the rightful Heisman winner. Um, but some other the other championship games that mattered: number two Michigan blew out Iowa, one of the most boring games in the entire <laughs> season, uh, forty-two to three, Michigan. Um, I the thought Wolver- the Oregon Utah game was more boring than that. Honestly, <laughs> uh, the Wolverines are the or, are the big team champions. Uh, I don't really think there's any much to touch on that. Oregon, uh, they got blown out thirty eight to ten by Utah in the conference of champions championship game. <laughs> Look what I did there. And mm. um, the last big um, game. Baylor and Oklahoma State. Oh right? yeah, forgot about or that was the that most exciting game. That, of the that was a that was a really great game. Oklahoma State, uh, I believe it was th- like their last three times in the red zone they couldn't <laughs> score. Really embarrassing. And I said it, and I still believe it. If they would have pulled that win out over uh, Baylor, I think they would have made the playoff over Cincy. I agree. I, really I agree. Do. But that is not giving credit. It was not embarrassing for Oklahoma State. That is just how dominant the Baylor defense is, led by Dave Aranda. That defense yeah, really is good. legit. I actually, I actually thought that. I don't know why people weren't talking about them more for that last playoff spot. I think it. You I mentioned agree. the down year for the Heisman. It's been a down year for the college football playoff. You know, no Ohio State this year, no Clemson, uh, no Oklahoma. You know, some new blood up there, Michigan. Cincinnati, as we know, so let's just get to it. Uh, or Cincinnati, they 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 uh, had a pretty good dominant uh, conference championship game, thirty-five to twenty, beating Houston. And let's get to the college football playoff. Jordan, uh, the rankings are out. The matchups are set. Um, Alabama is number one. They're facing number four Cincinnati, um, and number two Michigan is facing number three Georgia. In the uh, college football playoff, um, what do you think of the rankings overall? And then we'll get to the matchups. Um, I think there's a lot of talk of, at least lately, about a lot of college football playoff expansion and that this is the only year where there hasn't really been much debate. I personally would argue with that. I thought Georgia played themselves out of the playoff. Um, wow, we agree just on something. How terrible they played! I thought Notre Dame should have jumped them. I thought Georgia should have been left out. 
Right after the Cincinnati game, Cincinnati should have slid up to three, and Notre Dame should have slipped to four. But there's an SEC bias, and as I knew, no matter what Georgia would do, either if they won by thirty, if they got blown out by thirty, they're going to get in the playoff. Yeah, I, I just said because that too. Of what people said they were, and, and I was right. Yeah, I said that too about Georgia, and because they always look at recency and what they the team has did as of late, and if they do that, it's just how can a team get blown out in their conference championship game? I, I know they. But I've said this from the beginning. Their schedule wasn't too tough, Georgia, this year. So it's like their first big game, they get blown out, and then they still make the playoff as a three seed. I I hate Cincinnati. You know I'm the biggest anti-Cincinnati guy around um, about them making the playoff, but I would even slide them ahead of Georgia just because they did everything they were asked. They undefeated. um, And, yeah, I just think it's an embarrassment. How's the team third in the country when they just got destroyed by Alabama when before that everybody was saying Georgia was the new Alabama? I, it I, just doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't disagree. Their best win is against Clemson, and Clemson's had their worst year in the last like five, six years. <laughs> like Notre Dame had a better win. Cincinnati had a better win. Ohio State had better wins. Baylor had better There's Almost every team in the top ten had a better win than Georgia did. And staying on the Georgia topic, they're playing number two Michigan – and Georgia is a seven and a half point favorite. How is that possible? I lit- yeah, I, 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 think, I I can't believe it. Yeah, I, I we're t- we're talking a little bit about it. I think, I think matchup wise, I think the matchups favor both SEC teams in Georgia and Alabama. I disagree. Just, I know you do, and I think that's just because Georgia is built to handle teams up front, and that's how Michigan's going to try to beat them. Is up front. Well, let me say let me say to you and right that's, now. That's not what Alabama did. That's what I'm saying. Alabama Alabama stretches you out. They stretch you. They stretch you from sideline to sideline and from line of scrimmage to the end zone. Let me say to you and, right now what I said to you a few days ago, um, off air, and I said that I think Michigan and Georgia are very similar, but I just think Michigan right now at this current better. point yeah. does everything better. Their yeah. defense is better, which I don't their, disagree. Their running with. game's better. Their quarterbacks better. I I just don't know which quarterback, because <laughs> Michigan runs multiple quarterbacks too. McNamara has been pretty good, pretty pretty yeah, good um, over these last few weeks. When it matters, he surprised and, me a lot this year. Yeah, I I just think I just think Michigan. There, I I think against anybody in the country, they shouldn't be a touchdown underdog. I, I think they're that good right now. They're that scary. Their defense is that good. Their running game is Hassan Hoskins. Haskins is just incredible. Um, I I just don't know how they're over a touchdown underdog. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, if you had a let's let's just do some. Uh, like I said, like I said, like I I just think the matchup favors Georgia really well, just because they're both they're both going to try to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and Georgia's dominated teams all year. I know Michigan's done it lately, but then again. I don't think Ohio State up front defensively is anywhere close to where they've been the last few years, and Iowa definitely isn't. <laughs> yes. So, the, so um, this is going to be this is probably going to be Jordan our last pod before these playoff games. We'll do one before the championship, but um, yeah. So w- w- what's your pick right now? I know we're you know we're about three weeks out from this game. No, about two weeks out from the, these playoff games. But Georgia, Michigan, who do you got? I've. I've got Michigan. I think I think Michigan's going to upset them. Yeah, I have right now. I think it'll be like a twenty-four to twenty-four to fourteen game. 
I think Michigan's going to beat them. As I said, I think, I think it'll be a little high scoring than that. I think. Yeah, I think. Michigan has has scored some points as of late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that all. I hope this is a really good game because I'm just going to say it now. We're going to talk about it now. I'll, I'm going to be shocked if Alabama-Cincinnati is close. I mean, after seeing Alabama, I know Cincinnati's look good, but after watching that dominant performance, their offense on fire as of, you know, like they are around this time every year. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't know how to see it any other way right now. I think that this is a matchup made in paradise for a group of five. Like this is where this is where they've wanted to be the last two years. This is where they are. I think they're gonna turn some heads. Not not. not I think Cincinnati's gonna turn some heads. They they don't want to face the best team in the country. I, I think Alabama. They've been wanting to Alabama's for two thir- years. Yeah, but you know the, you know what the difference is. A lot of these teams, you know, they all chant or all the fans, they all chant, "Oh, we want Bama, Bama. we want Bama," yep. but they don't actually want Bama when it comes to game well, time. We'll see. And, and I th- they, I think it'll be close. Right. I think it'll be within Alabama's two thir- touchdowns. I well, think it'll be within two touchdowns. Alabama's, thir- Alabama's 13 and a half point favorites. I'm going to give my prediction right now, Jordan. I think Alabama is going to win this game. I think they're going to win 37 to 37 to 10. I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. Oh, dang. I, so I, Cincinnati actually, holds them to less points than Georgia? I, 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 <laughs> I, I just off the bat. I think they could. That, 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 that's me. That's me being generous. I think they're going to, I think they could win the game by over 30. 35-28 Cincinnati. You think Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati will win. I think we're going to have an SEC or an SEC less national championship for the first time since I think, 2014. I, I think it could be. Uh, I just when's the last time that happened? I think I, I really don't know. Um, Cincinnati. I just haven't liked them this year that much. Have you watched them? Yeah, I've watched them. I think their offense just is mediocre at best. Like Michael Crabtree, <laughs> you don't like you don't like Ryder. No, he's he's all right, but he's nothing like special. I think um, I don't know why I can't. Kenny Pickett from from uh, Pitt, I like him better. <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought you he was. Like re- Pickett I thought he was really. I thought he was really good. Um, <laughs> you, you just like that uh, fake slide, didn't you? Dude, that was filthy. That was stupid. Dude, that That's was the stupidest. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> right, right, right now. Let's just give some some. Let's just give some um, national championship predictions before we go, real quick. Who do you got right now? Right now, I think Michigan's going to win the whole thing. I think they're going to beat Cincinnati. Um, that one, I think, will be a little closer. I think that one's twenty four twenty. I got I got the Michigan Wolverines upsetting Alabama in the national championship. That's all we have time for today, Jordan. But we'll have a pod right before the national championship. Um, at the fir- at the end of the first week of yep, we January. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Give ha- us a five-star rating. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Until next time, we say peace. We're out of here.